You're listening to Coast to Coast Latino. Listen to this tune for just a little bit and uh, see if you can guess uh, the song. Rodriguez. The song was obviously Michael Jackson's uh, Billie Jean. In 2015, a young man by the name of Tony Sukar, a student at uh, Florida International University, Peruvian, uh, by the way, really enjoyed Michael Jackson's music. And so what he did is he rearranged an entire set of songs of Michael Jackson's and created this project called Unity, the Latin tribute to Michael Jackson. If you get a chance, check it out. It is available on iTunes. It's also uh, available on YouTube. You might want to check out some of the videos there. But uh, let me tell you, the music is extremely enjoyable and the arrangements are just absolutely amazing. Good morning. Uh, This is our Wednesday edition of Coast to Coast Latino. My name is Adrian Perez. I am your host. We are going to be covering quite a number of things, uh, especially because so so many things have changed since this past Friday, the last time we were with you. In addition to that, we're going to talk about COVID-19, which is, again, wreaking havoc across the United States. We're brought to you by the Vida de Oro Foundation, a 501c3 nonprofit dedicated to the arts and enhancing the community. The Vida de Oro Foundation over the last few weeks has been involved in giving away food for the many, many people who are struggling out there. Uh, In addition to that, they've been uh, giving rides to individuals who uh, can't get out to pick up a box of uh, of uh, food. So they've been doing some wonderful things. We're also brought to you by U-Haul for your moving and storage needs. Be sure to contact U-Haul. And we're brought to you by OIC Tax Services. OIC are experts in dealing with the IRS. So if you find yourself in trouble with the IRS, contact OIC tax services. Check them out at OIC.com. We are also available to you, by the way, at coasttocoastlatino.com. So if you want to know more about us, want to know perhaps a little bit more about me, you're more than welcome to visit us at our website. Uh, We also have a Facebook page called Coast to Coast Latino in the groups side of uh, the house and let me tell you we post articles about Latinos uh, from across the United States on a daily basis a lot of things are happening with Latinos across the US and uh, it's a good way to not only catch up but also see what people are doing to compensate 
for the pandemic to compensate for the economic uh, disaster we're experiencing, as well as uh, the many other things that, uh, that Latinos are doing across the U.S. Just a tad bit on, uh, on the election. Uh, as many of you know, uh, President-elect Joe Biden has won this election. Uh, more recently, uh, Michigan, Pennsylvania, and Georgia uh, certified their election results, making it very difficult for our current president, Donald Trump, to challenge them. Although he has filed uh, uh, well over 30 lawsuits across the U.S., the absolute majority of them have been dismissed, primarily because of lack of evidence. The um, you know the president's legal team uh, has been described by uh, former governor of New Jersey uh, uh, Chris Christie as a uh, national disaster, a national embarrassment. And uh, let me play you a a small clip, uh, just so you can get an idea of why it's being called a national disaster. Here and uncovering more by the day is the massive influence of communist money through Venezuela, Cuba, and likely China in the interference with our elections here in the United States. The Dominion voting systems, the Smartmatic technology software, and the software that goes in other computerized voting systems here as well, not just Dominion, were created in Venezuela at the direction of Hugo Chavez to make sure he never lost an election after one constitutional referendum came out the way he did not want it to come out. Uh, Georgia's probably going to be the first state I'm going to blow up, and, and Mr. Kemp and the Secretary of State need to go with it because they're in on the Dominion scam with their last-minute purchase or award of a contract to Dominion of $100 million. The State Bureau of Investigation for Georgia ought to be looking into the financial benefits received by Mr. Kemp and, and uh, the Secretary of State family about that time and another benefit dominion was created to award is what i would call election insurance that's why hugo chavez had it created in the first place that is a lady by the name of Sidney powell who was a part of the legal team for trump's uh, campaign and uh, she made this presentation uh together with uh, rudy giuliani at a press conference where I think many of you saw Rudy Giuliani literally melt in front of your eyes. Not only was he perspiring profusely, uh, but uh, he actually had hair makeup uh, running down his, uh, his uh, face. And in addition to that, it was filled with a bunch of conspiracies. And, uh, but, but Sydney's without a doubt was perhaps the most outrageous you know here she is blaming uh, Hugo Chavez for uh, for somehow getting involved in our election campaign and and Hugo Chavez I don't know how many of you are aware of this but he died seven years ago so he's not even around and so the question is is where did she get this idea where does she get this information 
she claims she's going to go after Georgia and she's going to blow things up and she's going to demonstrate. And, and anyway, so it got to the point where it was so outrageous that President Trump decided to have her fired from the legal team. And so two days ago, Rudy Giuliani came out with a press release that said uh, she is not uh, a member of the legal team, the president's legal team. Therefore, uh, she is practicing law on her own. Well, again, here we are. We are uh, uh, just days away from this election being formally certified where members of the Electoral College are going to be meeting and they will be doing the final vote where we believe that uh, without a doubt Joe Biden will be elected president of the United States. Some of us also know that President Trump deep down inside is recognizing that he lost the election, although he won't concede and he probably won't agree that he actually lost, what he's doing now is he's allowing for President-elect uh, Joe Biden to uh, start participating in uh, in uh, briefing meetings that are that are secured meetings uh, for the president. In addition to that, there's actually a transition effort going on. So we can see a smooth transition between President Trump and President-elect Joe Biden. And by the way, the smooth transition is essential because what it does is it allows us to continue functioning without a, a break in, uh, in, uh, in government thinking and government actions. Right now, there are uh, well over a hundred countries who have reached out to Joe Biden to recognize him and uh, many of them, believe it or not, are telling him, hey, we absolutely can't wait to work with you because we need you guys back. Uh, we, we heard this, uh, I think, loudest from uh, the European countries who feel that they've been shafted uh, under uh, the uh, Trump administration. Up to a certain extent, we also know that China is looking forward to working with uh, with uh, a President Biden because of the terrible relationship that they have with uh, President Trump. So big changes are coming. I know some of you after the election celebrate it, and I know some of you also feel this great relief because now we're all actually going to all start seeing uh, some significant changes, some uh, effective public policy uh, in order to start addressing the many things that the United States is facing. The biggest one, of course, is the, uh, the world pandemic of COVID-19. And uh, and as a result, you know, the president-elect has in fact said that that is going to be his priority. He's already started meeting with uh, different people. He started assigning uh, or identifying uh, potential cabinet people. And uh, we think that uh, that the biggest thing he's that's going to come out after January 20th of 2021 are going to be a set of policies 
on how to address COVID-19, and it may include the mandatory use of masks because, you see, the, the thing is, is that if we don't get control of COVID-19, this nation's going to fail. It's already failing. Our economy is what has been keeping us up. And without a strong economy, we can't continue to, to, to stay at the level that we're at. And the pandemic, unfortunately, is the one that's making our economy falter. Uh, just to give you an idea, yesterday, uh, the stock market went up by 30,000 points. And for those of you who follow the stock market, uh, you're thinking, well, geez, you know, that's because of well, whatever Donald Trump is doing. Well, correction. The stock market is responding to the idea that Joe Biden is going to be president and that he's going to come in with some strong policies. Plus, it's the people that he's appointing that is also having a very positive impact on the stock market because these are individuals who are known public policy makers, are uh, extremely well known on how to manage the nation's economy, and that is what is making the stock market go up. Uh, again, we are looking at the worst of this pandemic that we've ever seen. Uh, there are going to be approximately 300,000 Americans who are going to die between now and Christmas as a result of COVID-19. The LA Times today, for example, is reporting that coronavirus infections across the U.S. Uh, have a new number of uh, close to 200,000 cases are identified per day across the U.S. And this has been going on for the past several days now. That's about five times the number of new daily cases the U.S. was reporting back in September. And uh, according to the uh, World Health Organization, uh, the number of uh, cases are going to continue to grow. The number of deaths, uh, believe it or not, hasn't changed much, uh, which, which is good. According to the World Health Organization, uh, about 2,000 deaths per day were being reported back in April. And today, it's pretty much around the same number. Uh, and they felt that, uh, that uh, this has a lot to do with the way people are starting to protect themselves and also uh, how much science has advanced uh, uh, the, uh, the different uh, types of cocktails of, of, uh, of medicines that are being used to tackle COVID-19 in the early stages. What we're going to be seeing are, of course, a lot more uh, uh, cocktails of, of, of these medications, including the one that was used on President Trump. Uh, we also have a large number of testing. I mean, to test someone for a virus, it's not as easy as just taking a sample of blood and looking at it in the microscope. There's a process in order to identify 
what it is and how it's spreading. And so it, it's a complicated and, and scientific process. Uh, but now that we have a variety of different ways of testing it, the number of tests are in fact increasing as a result. We're seeing a lot more people being identified, uh, which is good because that's what we want to do is identify that way we can also get an idea of how and where it's being spread. In the United States, it's primarily the rural states that have been spreading it the most, not the urban states, not the ones with large cities like New York, Houston, Los Angeles. Although those numbers have gone up as well, uh, it's at the, the, the bigger problem that we're seeing is in rural areas. El Paso, for example, El Paso, Texas, has such a huge number of infections and people going into the ICU that uh, they've had to uh, 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 they've had to construct ICU units out in the parking lots because they have no room inside the hospital anymore. And the majority of hospitals in rural states are not set up to handle the large number of ICU patients. So we're seeing uh, a tremendous amount of reaction. And again, we go back to the masks. If you wear a mask, you minimize the spread of the of the uh, virus, and uh, and it's not a lot to ask for. But here's something interesting that's also been found in in the last uh, 30 days, is that young people are at greater risk of getting the disease. Now, granted, older people have a higher chance of, of, of dying from the disease. But, uh, but younger people uh, do have the disease and they are spreading it. And they are spreading it so much that uh, there's a concern that because young people are going out, uh, uh, drinking with their buddies, etc., and they take off their mask or they don't wear a mask and uh, as a result they're spreading the uh, the disease that California has put a a restriction on when people can go out they are actually putting a curfew between 10 p.m. and 5 a.m. to try to keep people from going out getting drunk and and spreading the disease even more and of course, there's a backlash. There's a lot of businesses that are coming back against the governor, Gavin Newsom of California, and arguing that uh, that's going to kill their business. Well, the question is, do you kill your business by protecting people or do you kill your business because of lack of people? And understand that a lack of people is going to happen if COVID-19 is not brought under control and uh, we reduce the number of people uh, ending up in ICU, and yes, younger people can in fact end up in ICU. We have uh, nursing homes that are better prepared than ever before, but we still have the spread of COVID-19 in nursing homes. And of course, many of you are aware that Nursing homes not only have people that are aged, but also 
individuals who have underlying circumstances such as diabetes, uh, even cancer, and, and other illnesses, and as a result, they find themselves in a nursing home. Uh, the spread was especially uh, dramatic, if you will, in nursing homes at the beginning of the pandemic. Now there's, there's a better understanding, and uh, as a result, things are improving in nursing homes a little bit. And then, of course, uh, probably one of the reasons why there's a, a, a rise in the infections is that hospitalizations are, 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 are weeks behind because there's no space. And because there's no space, understand that we are looking at ourselves. We need to look at ourselves to protect each other. And when you look at uh, at the different articles coming out from across the U.S. Uh, regarding Latinos and COVID-19, we have a problem. We are not only getting infected at a higher rate, but we're also dying at a higher rate. So we need to address this. We as Latinos can do a lot of things. But the main thing that we can do is refrain from uh, large gatherings. And I know that's very difficult in our community. But we also need to wear masks. We need to wash our hands on a regular basis. And we also need to keep social distancing. And it is hard. But we've got so many new guidelines because those guidelines are being modified on a regular basis. And I know some people are going, yeah, but they're inconsistent throughout the United States. They're inconsistent because of political philosophies. If we all followed the same rules, you'd find out that we could be all consistent. But political ideology has come into play. Okay, and I keep telling you folks, this is not a Republican issue. This is not a Democratic issue. It's not even a, a, a communist issue. It is a pandemic that is wreaking havoc across the United States, across the world. Europe has seen a tremendous uptick. China has seen a tremendous uptick. And because it's wintertime, we're more in indoors, which means the possibility of spreading the virus increases dramatically. And I know some of you are asking very basic questions like, when's this going to be over? It's not going to be over until we take full control of this virus. But we can't do it if we don't all go along with the strategy, with, with what is being asked of us. And just to give you an idea, back in, uh, back in March, uh, the state of California decided to issue uh, stay-at-home orders. Now, that was a, a very significant thing because in California, you know, the most populous state in the United States and also the fifth world's largest economy, to stay at home meant we were going to take all kinds of hits. And we did. 
and we have. The impacts have been significant, especially on small businesses. And for those of you who don't understand, when a small business has to shutter their doors, it also means that a group of people have been laid off. You multiply that by several hundred thousand and you'll see the economy start going down the tank because the amount of money that should be uh, uh, circulating is not circulating because no one's going anywhere. Um, now, that's been good for Amazon, by the way. And for those of you who don't know, Jeff Bezos uh, is not only the richest man in the world, but uh, he's far, far ahead of the guy in second place, which is Elon Musk and, uh, and uh, 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 Bill Gates. So when we start talking about stay-at-home orders back then, we knew that there was going to be a significant impact on all budgets, and that includes local governments. Today, it's a little bit better because they're, they're, it's not as restrictive, but it is an option for governments to think about in order to, to, to get a handle on the spreading of this disease. So stay at home may, may, may be something that you already are tired of and you don't want to deal with anymore. But again, if we don't get control of this virus, if we don't get control of COVID-19, this thing is going to be continuing on to 2021. That means no more gatherings, no more concerts, no more going to the movies, no more of this, no more. I mean, it could turn out to be even worse than what we're already seeing. And what are we seeing? Well, we're again, we're seeing the tremendous impact that it's having, negative impact that it's having on small businesses. And let's talk about small businesses uh, across the Southwest and in, in uh, big portions of, of uh, large cities. Those small businesses are Latino owned. So what we're talking about are Latinos who are losing their livelihood because of this disease. And we, uh, as, as non-business owners, if you will, uh, we have a responsibility of ensuring that our businesses continue. And some of the small businesses are figuring it out, so they're reinventing themselves. That includes going online, selling products via online. But if you're if you're a, a, a restaurant, how do you survive? Uh, well, some of them have created outdoor uh, dining areas, which is great, but uh, it's wintertime, and if it rains, etc., it's very difficult to serve anybody because nobody's going to show up at your front doorstep uh, looking for food. So there is a need for us to be a lot more creative and I'm calling out all marketers especially if you're Latino or even if you're not Latino but you're concerned about the small businesses and the growth of small businesses and you're a marketer uh, I'd like to ask for you to drop your rates your hourly rates and start offering services so we can help our small businesses get back up and have a good positive economic impact somehow. 
just to give you an idea, as a marketer myself, I went out and I spoke to a couple of businesses. One of them uh, is going 100% online, so they're going to start selling all their items via online. And the idea is to find the, the proper niche uh, so you don't compete against major corporations or major companies uh, that, that, are, that are providing the same service or products. With, uh, with restaurants, some restaurant owners are, have done a skill assessment only to find that they have other skills that they can actually do while this pandemic is affecting their restaurant. So they're doing something else other than providing food. Uh, there's other options that I think we need to look at. Uh, but here's my recommendation to all of you. Uh, shop small, beginning with Black Friday, all the way through the holidays. Shop small business. Shop small business. Find small businesses, whether online or in your town, and go shopping there. Uh, go shop small businesses that are also Latino owned. So if you get a chance, shop Latino. Because the idea, like I said, is for us to continue our economy. And for us to do that, we really need to help each other out. This is a tough period for many, many people. And I, I'm certain that when President-elect uh, Biden goes into office, He's going to be working diligently on some kind of a, of a uh, uh, package that's going to be able to help, a stimulus package that's going to be able to help all Americans across the United States, not only small business owners, but of course uh, the, the individuals who are having problems being able to pay rent and putting food on the table. I want to thank you for joining me this Wednesday edition of Coast to Coast Latino. My name is Adrian Perez. Every time you join us, let me tell you, it makes it uh, easier to put this product out. So if you get a chance, uh, share the podcast with your friends. Let people know that uh, there's somebody out there speaking on their behalf that is Latino and is encouraging Latinos to being and supporting Latinos. Again, thank you very much. We won't have a podcast for this Friday, but we will come back next week, the first week of December. Until then, have a strong and safe Thanksgiving. And I appreciate you taking time from your busy day. <laughs>